Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Leftology Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron. And I'm Patrick. And uh, we were originally planning on moving the episodes to bi-weekly, trying to do it every two weeks. But then this week, America decided to have a major historical event where, uh, fueled by Fox News and Trump, a bunch of, what, what do you want to call them, neo-Nazis? Uh, I guess it'd be your MAGA people. I wouldn't say Fox News directly because I don't I don't know if they were spreading like the January sixth thing exactly. And I don't want I don't want my uh, podcast with fifty followers on YouTube uh, to be hit <laughs> with a slander thing. But uh, I, I put it in my notes because like we actually put notes down for this episode because we wanted to uh, seem like we knew what we talked about. <laughs> uh, so. Like, if you look in the long run, like Fox News over the last ooh, last two decades, I would say, um, like you have this like right wing propaganda outlet that is like spreading uh, the Democrats are always faking the elections in a sense, like they're getting uh, fake voters, dead voters. Uh, your great grandma is voting Democrat, even though that she was a big time racist uh, because they're just using her. Uh, like see, I, I guess the way I exist. see it is that like even if you weren't pushing people to be at the Capitol on January 6th if you were like uh like Steven Crowder who was like pushing the narrative that the election was stolen and that America's being taken over by the communist left and they're gonna like censor you and take away your babies and force feminize them all the people pushing that narrative uh are sh- in a way culpable for what happened because if you genuinely think your country is being overthrown and that your freedoms are going to be taken away this is just the logical thing to do like it's completely illogical because it was all based on a conspiracy theory but if it wasn't a conspiracy this would be the logical thing to do and so because of that i see everyone that put that knowingly pushed these lies as culpable for what happened i uh, definitely uh you have different people at different levels of responsibility uh like i was saying earlier i think fox news uh has a level to where they don't really want to lose a bunch of money from a lawsuit but they they can peddle these uh things that are I guess in a court like uh, the Tucker Carlson case, where it was uh, just so outlandish that uh, no one, sh- no one in their right mind should believe that it's true. But um, people do. But because like, you know, Tucker is that- probably uh, sorry to interject, but uh, Tucker is probably uh, if anyone on Fox News is culpable for this, it's probably him the most. Yeah, and it's 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 so bullshit to say like anyone should know Tucker Carlson is satire. I mean, he's like a massive news personality on like isn't Fox News the biggest news company in America? Oh uh, yeah, because it really is. Or up until like a couple of years ago, when like OAN steps in the picture, it is really the only right wing news network on television. Yeah, he, he him and like Sean Hannity are massive personalities on like the biggest network in America. How how are people supposed to just reasonably think that's satire just because it's crazy? Uh, it's not satire. Um, but but that was their defense in that one case. What was it? Was it Stormy Daniels sued them for lies, and they said, "Well, no one in the right mind would believe what Tucker Carlson says." I guess it it could be their defense, but 
I I don't know to what level they are actually uh, being like satirical. I don't really think. They oh, are I don't being... think they're actually being satirical at all. I'm just saying that is their defense, and I, I think that defense is total. Bullshit. Yeah, because you have this generation, uh, your baby boomers and your later silent generation, um, that grew up in an era where like your news personalities were supposed to be trusted a hundred percent of the time. Uh, I forget his name at the moment. There's this big one from like the 60s and 70s that I, a lot of those people just grew up with learning the news. Um, if I remember it later, I'll say. But yeah, so 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 how, how do we get here? How do we get to the point where a bunch of, I guess we'll just uh, say MAGA people because I think it was anywhere from just like misinformed Republicans all the way to like neo-Nazis, like uh, that one woman who was giving a speech out front like quoting hitler yeah, i don't know exactly who that was was that a congressperson i, th- I yeah. thought it was a congressperson it was it was a congresswoman yeah okay yeah um and um mike tweeted about let me see if i can find that and you had uh also there were pictures of a bunch of people wearing like anti-semitic shirts like you have that uh i think it's a proud boy shirt because it's a black shirt with a yellow text on it and it's like the uh uh, 6MWE, which was like the 6 million was not enough. And then I just saw one on Twitter this morning about like they won't, about how they won't replace us. And so largely this was uh, neo-Nazis and a trying to do a fascist takeover. But so how did, how did we get to this point though, which is what I think is the most important part because I think uh, if we if we understand that, we're going to realize that we're not changing anything and that we're just going to lead to this moment again in the future. Um, well, it is a response to like what is going on economically. I would say like, I, I don't want to be a guy like a bunch of the other uh, lefty people that like are saying like these are disgruntled like working class people. These aren't disgruntled working class people most of them if they are they're fucking brainwashed and i i I don't think we should include them with the uh other parts of the working classes um so what do you you think this is because like i i guess i kind of uh generalized it to be the people that are getting the bottom of the uh like the short end of the stick when it came to the economic crisis of like lack of access to healthcare and like housing Um, and solid jobs. So who do you think it is then? Well, you have to consider that a bunch of these people, uh, did get to Washington DC. Like I I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And there were like planes full of, uh, like Trump supporters and only private planes too. So like a bunch of these are your, like, I guess, Petite bourgeois would be the Marxist term for it. Like uh, your shop owners that might make a couple hundred thousand over what uh, Biden's tax plan, uh, at least the proposed yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So it's like all the it's it's all like the local shop owners that think their business is being overrun and taken away from them by massive corporations that are controlled not even that, by like, like the, the they Democrats. Only, they only give a shit about the taxes. These are not people that care about ma- massive corporations. 
overtaking their business they only but isn't that a big part of like the right-wing conspiracy it is like the massive corporations trying to control everything well and the massive corporations are backed by like the democrats from what i see most of them are only really concerned about massive corporations when it comes to like them not being allowed to say the n-word on twitter uh and some similar things to that like a big tech is only a problem because it they ban their twitter profiles or their instagram profiles and they can't interact with the one thing they've gotten addicted to that that's really it it because a lot of these people are so into capitalist realism that they believe that this system is the only possible one Um, and if you don't know what that term is read capitalist realism by mark fisher if you have the time it's a great book so you don't think it's like the the working class people who've been like convinced that like mexicans are taking their job or something you think it's more uh, like I would imagine a, a that those exist, but I don't. I don't think that that's the majority of them. A lot of these people are people who uh, at least used to like to LARP online about like killing Nancy Pelosi or whatever. Um, which See, I that not that, that is interesting because I think like, and I think we might have all done it because it's it's kind of like the easy conclusion to come to. But I think we a lot of left people were thinking it was the people that are suffering from lack of access to health care and like housing and solid jobs but you're right if they're able to perf- to afford these plane tickets to get out to the capital to protest in the middle of the work week when a lot of these people i'd assume are back at work because they're republicans and don't really believe the coronavirus is a big deal but like well it does matter because america does have a fairly low labor participation rate so like if we're talking about like people online coming uh like a lot of these people could still be using like mommy's or daddy's money so it's really hard to tell what this group of people is made out of because a lot of them are dressed up in like very larpy stuff um so one guy was preparing for hostages from what i've seen yeah yeah you had the one guy with like the phone strapped to his chest recording he was carrying around the uh the zip tie handcuffs which are like the ones with two zip ties that come together in the middle and they just pull them both at the same time um and like in full tactical gear and so like i would imagine uh like i'm not gonna i guess make excuses for this group but i do think there are like varying tiers of what these people are willing to do on wednesday because like i don't think everyone came for the same purpose so i think a lot of the people like you could tell a lot of the people that stormed the capitol had no plans on actually being in there like you had that one picture of the old lady on twitter that's like just standing there like looking like she's confused out of her mind holding a little american flag uh the woman in the purple shirt and then you had people in tactical gear with like hand with like zip tie handcuffs and those people were definitely fully planning on like probably taking nancy pelosi and like probably AOC. aoc yeah uh maybe even bernie like hostage probably kamala too yeah and that's uh and it, and it is kind of like an extension of like the Gretchen Whitmer thing. Because like, if, there, if there's one thing to remember, this is not the first or last uh, right-wing terrorist attack. I mean, they tried to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, what, two months ago? It's a, It's around? been a few months before. It hasn't been? Oh, Jesus Christ. It has been like three or four, huh? But this isn't like the first 
and it's not gonna be the last time it happens, especially because, you know, you have a lot of Republicans that are now denouncing this behavior. And and I have some more to say about like, about Republicans denouncing this behavior, but you have them, people that are denouncing this, but you also have like Republicans like Matt Gates, Josh Hawley, and Ted Cruz, who are continuing to push the conspiracy after they were back in on the floor. And so these wingnuts like that are like just pushing these crazy conspiracies aren't going to go away you know they're gonna keep pushing people to do crazy acts because they think their government's being taken over by fucking communists that want to like take their speech away yeah i i think uh the accurate course of action uh here for people like matt gates and ted cruz is uh if you know the amendment uh the 14th amendment uh it has its main components, which is like the citizenship part in like the first section. But like the third section was meant so that like uh, people in the Confederacy, um, this is- 60. Couldn't hold positions again. Uh, eventually they did. It's it's probably wasn't as uh, strong as it could have been. Um, but like people who are in an insurrection or rebellion against the United States government, uh, they cannot hold an office at a state or federal government, and I guess it would probably also include local, unless like the Congress of the United States by a two-thirds vote overrules. So I think this should be applied, but you also have a risk of it being applied because if you have these people that are, are already going to Washington um, for stuff like that, this just removing their politicians, even though it is the constitutional thing to do, does have a backlash to it that should be thought of before doing it. Yeah, does the backlash fuel the conspiracy fire even more? I would bet so, but the thing is, is the fire going to be big enough to where it's not worth it anymore to get rid of these politicians? And also the other side of this that I I saw mentioned today, and this goes along with even setting the precedent of taking the president out of power after this uh, because of the insurrection. And and some people are wondering, does it set a bad precedent to punish everyone for an insurrection considering an insurrection is not necessarily bad? Like it, it can be good. Like this was bad. This was over a conspiracy but but the actions could be good so are you sat are you setting a bad precedent by by kind of demonizing this demonizing the action and not the reason which is honestly the problem i've had with the way uh like the media has covered this is they focused on the fact that what's bad is the fact that they stormed into the capital and not the reason they stormed into the capital was bad uh well you also have to consider how they did it too because a lot of this was pretty aimless um so if you uh i i really don't want to be put on a watch list so i'm going to be very careful (laughs) with my words here um but like if you do if there is somehow in the future a left-wing revolution in the united states um, which i don't think it'll be it'll be it's not gonna be be another fascist one. one um if there is one um but the, like, I don't think it would be as aimless as that. You don't just go into the Capitol with 30,000 people, maybe. See, it is, it is really fucking weird 
how unorganized this thing was because usually like when you look at like the proud boys and they're storming the streets and their plan is to get people riled up so they can fight and kill them like that is their plan like they want to go out into the streets and like kill like black people and journalists you know yeah and and so it is weird to see uh this time it being so unorganized because it is usually like the left that has super unorganized like uh protests uh well it kind of was just like come to washington on the 6th that that's why you have these different tiers of people like what they expected because i imagine some people expected like doing the same thing like the women's march had after trump won or after the day of trump's inauguration in 2017 yeah and and then they just like ended up stumbling into the capitol building with yeah and just we're there just not really sure what to do yeah and then some people were ready to just kill people honestly so it is it was extremely disorganized and it was like what the plan was probably was at an individual level to like uh, what every single person had but uh for like trump and impeachment i think it, it was weird i've seen videos online I think it was on Donald Trump Jr.'s like story on one of his social media accounts. But uh, the Trump family and like friends and people, they were having a watch party. So they weren't doing, I think Trump did a speech early on in the day. Yeah, so Trump did the speech early on in the day. And I'm trying to remember his exact words because they were like, we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Street, beautiful Pennsylvania Street. I love Pennsylvania Street because he always does that little thing he does. Yeah, <laughs> and then he he was like, "We're gonna go up and support the weak Republicans, um, because the strong ones don't need our help." And so, it's one of those things where it's vague enough though that it has plausible deniability. Uh, but he almost did kind of incite it there. I don't this think possibility. it'd be unfair he was, to say he was there. You have your other people. Uh, who's who's the new congressman in the wheelchair? Um, Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, he, he had the was, video on Twitter of him wheeling down about how we're going to protect the Constitution. And then breaks the 14th Amendment. Yeah, it, and, and, and that was the biggest thing. The reason this happened, the reason why so many people are so riled up is because of conspiracies pushed by so many politicians, so many uh, news sources and online personalities, that it, it fired people up to do the thing that is that they're supposed to do. I mean, this is what we've taught. They talk about all the time. You know, we have the second amendment to protect against the tyranny of the government. So if you think like a tyrannical government is overthrowing you, of course you're going to act this way. I mean, yeah, uh, I think a lot of these people, it is kind of sad because a lot, these people have been tricked into what they believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been in, in, Democrats, I think, have allowed them to be tricked because of Democrats specifically focusing on, because here's the thing, people want answers to their problems. And then Democrats only want to focus on these college educated white people to bring them into the Democratic uh, establishment to, I don't know, like, did you listen to the last Chapel episode where they're talking about like spending just millions of dollars on fail campaigns? just to, like, uh, give They talk jobs? about that all the time from what I've seen. Like, <laughs> Stuff like the Lincoln Project, they, it's it is very, uh, it's a very superficial campaign. The Lincoln Project, the way that I can see it, to get off track for a moment, it like these are ads that are attack ads that like a Republican would make 
but they only really are for liberals in a sense because it is it's the attack it's the republican attack ad on republicans that a liberal would want to see like a republican wouldn't really be turned much from it from what i've seen like yeah okay ads they're just the way they're made the language they use is targeted at a demographic that doesn't really change anyone's opinion and then you had it where they attacked ivanka trump and jared kushner in the middle of new york city a uh democrat stronghold yeah um and i think like a lot of the democrat strategy is what has allowed stuff like this to happen because the fact they are so focused on going for the college educated white people and um you know a lot of people voted the most people voted ever it was 151 million or something like that uh rough math off the top of my head um and there's 375 million people in the country there there's a lot of people that aren't voting because they're disillusioned and they're looking for answers to their problems and i think that's the reason why the libertarian movement has grown so much is because people are just kind of sick of the government because the government doesn't offer any solutions to what's going on well but the way i see it and I, i may be wrong but a lot of the you have these people that just want to like be able to drink their coffee and not read the news and I'm not going to say that these people make a majority of the party, but there's a lot of people that see voting as an end game. Like once you can get enough people to vote, that's it. Joe Biden's in office. I don't have to worry. Uh, but a lot of these people always, it is a, I guess the, uh, I don't know how to phrase this. It is kind of like a infinite cycle voting is for them. Like, uh, there's always, there are the liberals, there are the conservatives, and whoever wins is whoever can win the moderates over, and then that repeats every four years. So there's, uh, there is no, like, winning people over permanently. It is always trying to sell something to these people to get them on your side every four or so years. But it's always focused on people that are already voting, and it never focuses on the people that are disillusioned by the current... Well, that, that that adds another problem because a lot of what would get these people not to or to actually start voting would be against the people who fund the democratic party's interests because the republicans at least with trump there he while most of his life he has been a neoliberal and has benefited from it through his real estate and uh company uh he and his like anti-immigration policy and like his more fascist remarks is like isolationism offer, policies as well. He does offer something that isn't the neoliberal order that we have seen over the last 40 years. Whereas the democratic party, except for like Bernie Sanders, AOC and like on the edge, maybe Elizabeth Warren still represent a, well, something not changing. They represent the current they represent well, like, like what's bad with the country right now or it was under like obama yeah and i think like what trump represents and what we need to worry about moving forward is the fact that people in this problem people in this country have problems and they have economic issues going on that we need to solve and the democrats are refusing to give them solutions but you have trump here and you have like republicans in general throughout history saying uh 
it's well it's the mexicans coming to take your jobs it's poor people trying to live off your money it's uh the black people and the hippies like ruining the streets and shit and so so they're they're not correct solutions they're completely wrong but they are off they are saying here's the problem here's how we fix it oh look at all these like corrupt democrats trying to control your life and like seep into your brain and shit whereas like democrats are just kind of like we're not going to do anything to solve your economic problems and we're going to bitch at you for being not woke enough or like man spreading or whatever and and and, and that's something that I, I do want to talk about on a future pol- podcast is is how uh like uh the d- liberals have bastardized like intersectionality and how they've uh focused on like petty problems when it comes to issues with uh like race and gender well but, but that's a whole whole nother thing it is it is a problem because i've at least with the more centrist side of the party the right wing side of the party uh there is the like identity politics that i mean there are good identity politics there's bad identity politics but like just focusing on like a couple social issues as like the entirety of the political range, which I believe that both the right wing side of the or the more like centrist side of the party and the more uh, mo- or like pretty much the entirety of the Republican Party participates in this identity politics that focuses on like, only a couple issues. Um, the Republicans are more they have their one economic issue of like low taxes, I guess would be the best way to put it. They don't really give a shit about anything else. They just don't want their money going to like poor people because they're they're racist or they're internalized racist. And then you have the other side of uh, people that are only pro-choice, which I am also pro-choice, but like it's, I'm I'm really trying to watch where I step when I say things because I know I don't want to step on a wrong thing and just cancel myself. <laughs> um, uh, dude, if anyone gets canceled on this podcast, it's gonna be me first. Oh yeah, like... definitely. You're coming first. <laughs> uh, I've already had to replace the host once now, Pat. <laughs> uh, like the like a lot of the stuff the centrist Democrats believe, I do agree with, but it is such a limited view of what politics can be. And a lot of it is absent of a lot of economic issues. Um, yeah. yeah so they, they have like... bastardized the uh, intersectionality because it has to consider both parts. Yeah. And, and, and that's something I do want to say for a future episode, because I have a, a lot that I've been thinking about on that. Um, but they have kind of abandoned economic issues because they've what is, here, here's here's what kind of like i've noticed it seems like republicans set the narrative and set what you're supposed to care about and then democrats instead of trying to say look you should like this you should care about this instead they just kind of follow along economically speaking and just they try to do what is most popular and not what is good for uh their side it seems like i was saying earlier a lot of these more like the people like the nancy pelosi part of the party uh it is they see politics differently than we do we are it is kind of a the competition i guess would be the way that we would see it as like you can you could win over a hundred percent of the people you don't have to win you don't have to win these people over by making 
compromises in the middle all the time. Uh, yeah, but Democrats are like, we have full control of like uh, the country right now and Democrats are still going to be making concessions, it seems. Yeah, but you also have the Supreme Court that is a right wing. Uh, Extremely right wing right now. You could put, it's three to six Republican Democrat with John Roberts normally voting with the liberals on the big issues, I guess. So four or five right now on moderate issues. Which is yeah, so, a problem. So I guess we don't have really really have the control that it seems like we do. Uh, you do in a certain realm. Like you can get some things done, but you still have the filibuster might be a, a problem still. And a lot of the things that Democrats get rid of in the, while they hold the majority bites them in the butt when they get back into being a minority because a lot of those are things that stop the minority party or allow the minorities to, to, I guess, stop what the majority wants to do in a sense. So you get these like two years of where they have good control over a thing, but they risk it, uh, or they risk having six bad years afterwards. So, so getting, getting back towards like the insurrection and like what came after uh, it, I, I, I kind of want to talk about how like the Overton window is, it, it feels like to me, it's shifting to the right. And the reason why I say that is because, so after, after it happened, a bunch of people came out and uh, like denouncing this far right activity, denouncing like Trump. Um, I saw a lot of people on TikTok because that's really the only place I see uh, liberals at this point. Um, praising people for like taking down their trump flags like this was the last this was the last stand i'm pulling down my trump flag i'm burning it and there's a bunch of people in the comments going like yes this is epic this is character development you you go girl boss um yeah it, uh, like i saw on twitter it was like if this is when you got enough courage to denounce trump you didn't have much courage in the first place yeah you know it wasn't the like stripping rights from trans people the plan to take away gay marriage the cuts to medicaid the uh what what is it called the the trade uh taxes or whatever that uh hurt the local farmers and we had to pay out a bunch of subsidies to local farmers that still went voted for trump you know, it wasn't the ramping up of an executive orders. It wasn't the ramping up the mistreatment of uh, Mexicans at the border. It wasn't the ramping up of drone strike attacks in the Middle East. No, it was the insurrection, the messy insurrection on the Capitol yeah. that that was finally like, well, yeah, it was the last it. straw for a lot of things like news media, Twitter and stuff, because like a lot of these people hold responsibility for allowing trump to be president in the first place like msnbc and it's not just right-wing people like like a lot of left lefty uh, left-wing news media is responsible for trump existing and getting so far well if they if like cnn msnbc cbs places like that never really aired him in the beginning you would have had maybe marco rubio versus hillary clinton in 2016 which I don't know how that election would go because it's an election that didn't happen. Yeah. But they do have the responsibility uh, of Trump being president outside of the material conditions that allowed for it. Uh, 
and then you have like places like Twitter that allowed him just to say his views whenever he wanted. And you had this president that uh, was addicted to social media. And it it is it is pretty funny to watch him uh, get that stripped, get his one favorite thing stripped away from him. He can't tweet. Yeah, anymore. and that is and that is a really weird uh, situation to rationalize because on one hand it's like it's weird to give private companies so much control over who has a say but also he was fucking dangerous they should have done that years ago yes no they should have done it way sooner his speech was dangerous and it did incite people to go out and do crazy shit yeah the problem is that a lot of these people are finally denouncing trump and separating these themselves from trump not only because a lot of the political capital surrounding Trump has now just disappeared and it, it might even have a negative effect in 2022. Uh, but I hope like for Twitter, what's Trump going to do to Twitter? He has like 11 days left uh, as of when we're recording this and even less when this episode comes out. Like he, he doesn't have enough time to do jack shit. And now the, Democrats have a majority in both the House and the Senate. So these people are finally denouncing Trump when there's absolutely no consequences to denouncing Trump. Like, Yes, yes. All the people that the night of, like, uh, I know Ivanka was one of them. And there was another woman, I think, that left the, uh, like, uh, cabinet. Betsy or, DeVos resigned. Yeah. Yeah, all, all like the close figures were doing these symbolic resignations and really making the whole news media about them the night of a major historical event. Well, even with like Mitch McConnell, I think, um, I mean, Mitch McConnell's not a dumb guy. Mitch McConnell jumped off earlier, I think. He, he jumped off earlier, but I think he acknowledges more than any other Republican, even though he is the spawn of Satan, uh, that Trump is kind of a... Uh, car heading off a cliff in a sense i don't know if he could have anticipated something like this but having uh, could he though because i feel like most lefties knew something like this something was was going to happen i don't think anyone knew that it was going to be this bad politically for the maga people see i i kind of figured something this big was going to happen i'm glad it had the negative effect on them it did though because i I wasn't so sure about because what we were going to see in 2022, Trump was still going to be the leader of the Republican Party. So having him tied to what happened on uh, Wednesday, January 6th, is going to be a big negative effect. And people like Madison Cawthorn, Ted Cruz, and all the other Matt Gates and such, like their campaigns are going to be hurt when Ted Cruz has to run. I don't know if this will last till 2024 when Ted Cruz has to run again. But uh, Matt Gates and... Vatican, I know Josh Hawley. I know pe- I know people were talking about how Josh Hawley has a plan to go for the presidency. Yeah, that's probably ruined at this point. Is but, it? Is I it? Mean, no, 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 no. Because Charlie Kirk was like the next day tweeting about how Josh Hawley is a national hero for continuing to stand up after the um, uh, insurrection. And so I do think that they have a revivable chance, especially because of these media figures that could hold them up still well it matters where it goes because there's the campaign in parts uh i think isocratic shared a photo of wherever he is in texas 
of a local newspaper saying that uh, Antifa uh, was dressed up as Trump supporters attacking the Capitol. Yeah, and that was the thing that Matt Gates pushed when he went back in, is Matt Gates was saying, oh, this was all Antifa, this wasn't Trump supporters, they're trying to make us look bad. And then, I'm not sure what Fuente has actually said, because there were people on Twitter disputing this, but uh, I think Ru- Rudy Giuliani, which is Trump's lawyer, former New York mayor, he Man quoted Nick Fuentes. <laughs> like he quoted, he quoted ne- active uh, neo-Nazi, America first, fascist. Yes, and Dan, Dan Crenshaw today Nick quoted Fuentes. Andy No as well. Yeah. So you have these people openly quoting fascists. And so also, also, so I I was looking at, let me pull up his Twitter again. Ian Miles Chong seemed to be taking a step back from like the far right shit. And he seemed to be getting a negative response for it. And so that's why I'm not so sure that it's going to get better and that people are really going to step away from fascism it really matters how much the that campaign can hold because i don't really see much of it and i don't know how many people in the center are going to believe it because a lot of this is the conspiracy brains people it will only work on them (laughs) but it all it also must suck for these people that did storm the capitol uh in support of trump to just be called antifa (laughs) Like, imagine you yeah. do all this stuff for Trump, and then boom, they just call you Antifa communist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's gonna... But but I think it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, they're gonna understand why people called them that, because they kind of have to, because you have to distance yourself from that, especially if you're gonna go back on the floor and push the conspiracy theory that caused that to happen. You do kind of have to give yourself that plausible deniability of saying it was Antifa. But you also have to look at if this was Trump supporters and these people keep pushing this uh, conspiracy of uh, the election being stolen, these people are tied to a like falling anvil pretty much if they cannot somehow trick the American people into believing what happened. Cause... I don't know. It's a, it's a bit too soon to say, but I don't think like, especially since the Democrats aren't really going to change the material conditions for people, I do not think we're going to be taking many steps away from fascism. It, it, it really matters on because you have these people in the center, like uh, my family, or not my family's not really in the center but like moderate republicans like the people in my family who did vote for trump or my brother who's not old enough to vote for trump but probably would have that none of them really support what happened in the capital and i don't think any of them can be are dumb enough to where they can be tricked to think it's antifa communists dressed up as trump supporters so i do think this is this is just kind of people trying to cop their way out of something that is going to hurt them in 2022 because after the election after the 2020 election didn't go quite as well as everyone hoped we were anticipating like 2022 was going to be like a not a good year for democrats it was going to be like 2010 was after the obama win like a lot of the political capital going into 2022 was these people that stood up for trump uh 
saying that they were still Trump Republicans. Like I said earlier, yeah. Trump is still well, going to be so, the head. So the thing is, I saw a lot of, or sorry, I didn't see a lot. I, I saw a news article talking about how the cure to Trumpism is Reaganism, which is just. I mean, Trump, uh, they're very close. It, it, it's, it's, a primitive, it's a primitive form of Trumpism. It's, it's, it's Trumpism without saying the racist part out loud. Um, at uh, least in public. Yeah, yeah, at least in public. We all know about the phone call. <laughs> about the uh what was it the african delegates or that, that's not important right now but but they're talking about m- removing it from trumpism and going back to reaganism which is still popular with people and so i do think like the uh right-wing economic populism is going to have another burst maybe not in 2022 but in 2024 i do think it is going to come right back around because um democrats aren't going to do anything to really change the material conditions that it really matters in the first place do you do uh democrats operate on seniority which does fuck up a lot when you get people like feinstein in power but bernie is budget chairman now as of uh the georgia win so you do have people wasn't he supposed to be labor secretary uh you don't want him as labor secretary because the vermont governor is a republican oh okay yeah uh that would have been a horrible move and would mean that uh, how's that work out people re-elect uh, bernie but not the no the governor gets the choice i think for the next two years like uh the democratic governor of california oh, oh yeah yeah i see what you're saying he, it he was... puts it back in instead of having a special election yeah, and then they have an election in two years which yeah okay wins bernie up bernie was up for re-election in 2018 i believe uh correct me if i'm wrong uh so is it's going to be weird because you do have people like joe biden which I, I don't expect much out of joe biden nor kamala harris but bernie sanders is in a pretty good position i think we might be able to get a public option passed after wednesday actually yeah and but i also see uh people are talking about how like joe manchin is uh more or less going to be a dino that is going to stop uh the more progressive wing from getting anything important through um, but you also have the, like, people are actually pushing for a Washington, D.C. state because there are enough people. There's more people in Washington, I believe, than, like, Do you think that'll happen? The it, it's possible. I, I would put it as likely as a... I don't know about heads. all the, like, the, uh, all the stuff behind the scenes that has to happen for that to happen. I know it's, it is a fairly popular idea, but... It'll be the first time we've had a new state in 60 to 70 years, so... Yeah, it'll definitely be weird. But once that does happen, Washington votes like 90% Democratic. So it would be a 52-40 or 52-50 Senate, which means Joe Manchin would not hold the, uh, I guess, middle section. Yeah. Um, What else is on you? What on your notes to talk about today? I mean, there was the police thing, but you you see that happen. Everybody's talking about that on Twitter anywhere. Yeah, like everybody, like we're not offering any new opinions on like okay, the police just yeah, let these yeah. fucking pro- or rioters walk in. It, it's it's what uh, three four days later that we're recording this, and it's going to be almost a week after it happened when this goes out. There's nothing important to say about what happened at the Capitol. Um, it's like uh, if you don't know it just look at how different these people treated the uh 
rioters compared to the Black Lives Matter protesters. Like, sure, like a, one also of them the died. That, like, but actually, actually, I think there is something to say about that because the fact that only one person was killed by the police. I think five people died in total. I, I a lot of that's where it's like health risk. Like one guy, it was I think weird. one guy like tased himself. Another guy yeah, has like what, like a heart attack that. or something like that. No. Uh, I don't know how many. I think one person had a stroke. Then there's that yeah, person true. who was 55. He tases himself in the balls and then dies of a heart attack. Which it's sadistic, but it, it I think it's ironically funny. Yeah, only one person was killed by one of the uh, people that were protecting the Capitol. And honestly, I don't even think she really needed to die. I she was like, uh, she was climbing up a barricade, and then there were people on the other side. They did not need to shoot her with a fucking bullet in her like what was oh, it her, probably her chest not. or neck? Probably not. But, but I will there say there was the uh, New York Post afterwards and uh they posted a story that the woman who was killed committed property damage and like somebody quote tweeted it and said like she was no angel, which is like obviously the joke that they or yeah, yeah. About how they treat everyone that's shot by the cops that gets national well, headlines. I, I, the thing is, I do want to make sure we don't we don't get too ideological with how we treat the situation. It was like she should not have been killed. I know she was breaking to the capital capital building. I know that's going to be an un, maybe an unpopular opinion. I still don't think she should have been killed. You know, I do think there are better ways to handle that, and I think we have proven that there are better ways to handle it. In the fact that this happened and we didn't see a bunch of people that were completely brutalized yeah it it does it, it the police's inactivity towards uh these rioters isn't like a the antithesis of what happened over summer it more kind of supports it because you had those mask uh, yes. protests in the may of 2020 were absolutely the police just stood there as people with guns yes. just kind of like pointed it at them. It and proves you do not need to go to these extents of brutalizing your citizens to control a mass movement or a riot or well, protest. They didn't control you want to call it. it. They did a absolutely yeah, yeah. poor job of controlling it this time, uh, at least until the National Guard came in, which was under Mike Pence's order, not Donald Trump's. And I'm trying to be interesting. Uh, where was I going with this? But but like they were had, able to. Oh, sorry. They were they were able to go in and take it over without a bunch of bloodshed. And one of the things that that I thought was interesting, and I think this is in the in the video of the girl dying, is that a bunch of police with assault rifles come up the stairs after she's laying on the ground. And do you know what they're not doing? They're not pointing their guns directly at the people. Most of them still have their guns down. You know, they're not walking up in intimidating positions. And I think that says a lot about how we handle situations. Like you have, I, I'm, it was what, maybe five cops running into like a crowd of people with their guns down. When you look at, was it Jacob Blake where the five cops were following him around the car to his door? I, I, I wouldn't know. That's, that's... I, I get the names mixed up, but there was the, the, one, the one guy who was walking around the, his car and going in to get in his door, and they said he reached for a knife, and they shot him seven times. I think that was Jacob Blake. Was, uh, the I believe that, so, yeah. yeah. But, but what I'm getting at is the fact that like five cops can roll up not even having their, their assault rifles up and pointed at people and can control the situation means just further like... I wouldn't say uh, that's controlling the situation at all. 
maybe not maybe not but they 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 got they can get them all out without like fucking killing them without like having a bunch of deaths and and i I think that's what i'm getting at is that like they can they do have ability to take over the situation and not let it get crazy because like the, the fact that like there are definitely people that stormed the capital and definitely had weapons on them like they're definitely in that group of people, a bunch of MAGA people, definitely a bunch of people went in there with guns. And the fact yeah. that there weren't a ton of deaths, I think proves that like, man, it does not need to be, a lot of their policing doesn't need to be as violent as it is. And also a lot of people are saying like, because of the mishandling of this, like there's a, there's a whole narrative of, uh, oh, the even, even uh, liberal media was saying this, all the progressives wanted to defund the police and the police have been going through so much stress this year and now they have to deal with this and yeah i saw that it was on a cbs and this is not like it's been like three months since there were big protests in washington like they're still going on in portland portland police are in washington there were the proud boys um uh storming the streets of washington which is actually something i want to talk about is 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 is, i want to mention this a little bit is the maga people turning on have been slowly turning on uh cops lately like after after a couple scuffles that they've had in washington dc there are videos coming out of um proud boys members like throwing their blue lives matter flags on the ground and burning them and i think really all I wanted to say about this was it proves that the Blue Lives Matter and the All Lives Matter movements were never about what they meant. It was all just racism. Well, yeah, because yeah, as soon as the cops, as soon as the cops started turning on the good people is how I assume they'd see it in their eyes. You know, they, they, they instantly were turning against them, burning their flags in the streets and, uh, kind of co-opting the language because that was another thing that they did after ashley babbitt died that was the woman that was shot in the capitol is there were people going on twitter being like say her name and you know yeah it because you have uh there's back the blue but there's also blue lives matter which is like like co-opting of left-wing language if you want to call black lives matter left-wing language it shouldn't be but i think it kind of is I mean, yeah. I mean, Black Lives Matter, as it is, like the physical organization, is typically a Marxist one. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the organization analysis. is, but like the the idea of it should not be as partisan as it is. It's it's ridiculous that it is so fucking left versus then, right with that. Like towards the end, I don't want this to be an ex- excessively long episode because I do think uh, at least I'm less interesting without a guest on. <laughs> uh, I think we I think we talked about uh, most of the stuff that I want to talk about today. I, I think there's a lot of. I don't think we necessarily know where this is going quite yet. Yeah, because it is, uh, like I say, a lot of things about like Republicans still being attached on 2022, but you have no idea what the propaganda can really do in two years, or a year and yeah. a half. It, it really does depend on where the propaganda goes, and it does depend on whether there is a charming figure to take Trump's place that is, like, charismatic to right-wing people. Because McConnell, I think, like I said earlier, he wants to separate the party from Trump as much as possible because he does Trump as a car running off a cliff. And if you are not a devoted MAGA person, which, I mean, you've seen online that even the MAGA people are turning on Trump because Trump had to... Uh, somewhat 
denounce the insurrection. They're like, yeah, it fuck is, Trump. It is this like big multifaceted mess. You have like the right wing sickos that are denouncing Trump because Trump backed off. And then you have the more main, uh, mainstream party that uh, is denouncing Trump because he went too uh, crazy. Yeah. But I think we're, again, we're failing to denounce the people that also supported this conspiracy and that are still just going to go scot-free yeah, away from uh, that's, uh That's a problem with, I, I wanted to talk about populism like we did in the, uh, what is it, fifth episode with, Ma- or sixth episode with Mouthy, uh, Infidel. But I do kind of see that there's two types of populism, not just left and right, like but like the strategy behind it and the inherent philosophy behind it in simple terms because it populism in itself is inherently us versus them but that's not necessarily bad because you could have the earth versus them of like proletariat versus the bourgeoisie as in like marxism or the 99 percent versus the one percent which is the way that bernie sanders explains it but you can also have the if you're not with me, then you're against me populism that you're going to see with the MAGA people. And you also have with Jimmy Dore, uh, Brie Great Joy, and people like that. And that becomes extremely toxic very quickly. See, because... that, and that is the biggest problem I think the left faces right now is how do we unify? Because there's a lot of people on the left that I don't even want to unify it with, you know, with the you're with me or against me ideals. But those like people aren't really against us they're just working for us in a different way and i don't think a lot of people realize that because or a lot of people like jimmy Dore don't realize that it was because like even though like i might not want what socialism done left or mouthy infidel wants one for one we all kind of see capitalism as the enemy at least in the long term uh maybe we see republicans as a bigger enemy which they are in the short term but just because we have different ways of thinking different strategies of how to get there and different end goals doesn't mean that i should treat them as my enemy they are not the them they are still the us because we have a common goal of at least a little bit of socialism because a a social democrat's better than a neoliberal and a neoliberal is better than a normal republican as the way i'd put it yeah yeah you have to you have to know when the team you can't purity test when you're not in communism yet when you're not like also also when when uh the current overton window is so far right yeah you can't really yeah. or at least on like economic issues it, it does see because the reason some people perceive it going right and some people see it going left is because i think people are focusing on different things socially we are moving left that is a good thing. I'm, I'm not going to denounce that at all. Like gay rights, like uh, the right to marry in all 50 states, and including our own, is only five or six years old now. That seems like, ooh, I can't imagine how long ago that feels, honestly. Like Obergefell v. Hodges, which is the court case that did that, it just feels part of the consciousness now. It's not something I can disagree with, but there's still people that are against yeah. it. Um, like it's trans recent rights enough are becoming, that people are still trying to overturn it. I I don't know how many people are really trying to overturn it because it is it is like you'll get well, canceled it, if you don't make a cake for gay people now. Well, it was one of the main like uh, not one of the main things. It was a part of the GOP's agenda if they had won in, in a twelve. Well, yeah, the the GOP is still 
against LGBTQ rights is in their agenda for 2020, officially at least. So you you do have people like the Republicans. I don't think on their own like they could in 2016 they could only ignore it at that point, which was a better than outright denouncing it. But I I don't think now a lot of people on the in the GOP the Republican Party can denounce lgbtq rights like they could a few years ago like you might still be able to get a uh i don't know they're still pretty, the they're still pretty anti-trans yeah anti-trans i think is the like, only they're, part they're they softer on the anti-homosexuality like um like ben shapiro is still fairly op- openly homophobic yeah but he he's uh i guess like softer on it than you could be honestly even like five years ago even because yeah, they've then. had to take their steps back but like economically, with all the tax breaks rich people are getting, we have moved economically to more the right wing ideas than the social democracy, if you could even call it that, or like some Keynesian policies that you would see under FDR. Uh, well, I also don't think we've moved LBJ. To, to the left on all, all social issues. I mean, we still are fairly, we're still really far right when it comes to like uh, tough on crime shit with like uh still enforcing the death penalty and still i do think that's waned a lot and a lot of the reason you see that is because you still have those people in power uh there's def i think tough on crime has kind of morphed into the back the blue kind of deal because they are both like anti-black ways of thinking i guess or anti-poverty anti-minority because you know because of their material conditions, people in poverty normally do more crime and therefore they're more likely to get arrested and make it harder to escape poverty. But, oh, there's a lot of silent parts I'm gonna have to cut out this episode. <laughs> See, even even uh, even like speaking about uh, like, like poverty and stuff, you still have people on the left because of we're so economically to the right that like the, the mainstream Democrats are still pushing the idea like the meritocracy and stuff that has us pulled so far right. Yeah, I, I do think that's the problem. We are, we are economically right. But I mean, that's, that's just my take. I think we've moved left socially and uh, right economically, but it even like the programs of uh, like Lyndon B. Johnson kind of seem not possible right now. Uh, at least in the next two years or so, uh, you might get a couple. And then having a new New Deal is unimaginable for a couple more years. It's kind of what we need, but yeah, no, it's it's not happening. Yeah, I want the Economic Bill of Rights that FDR proposed, but for both for all races, because if if you look back, a lot of the problems on the left back then, especially like El or not. El- uh, FDR, William Jennings Bryan, people like that, they were also kind of racist. I think that the home, the things that led to redlining were under the New Deal acts because you had the, the people that were giving out home loans and then they rated them uh, one, two, three, and four, where one was the most trustworthy, I believe, and then four was like uh, your Italians, which were associated with like a gang culture, and then African Americans which separated them from being able to accumulate capital. Yeah. And that, and I think that is the biggest problem is like, especially the biggest economic problem we have is uh, 
like especially minority groups have not did not really have a long time to accrue capital like the way i see it for like for black people it seems like they only had from 1965 was it to essentially 1980 to accrue capital yeah that's pretty much it because a lot of it before that was absolutely destroyed and i i don't want to really speak on this a lot because i am like a white guy middle class upper middle class like i I don't really know the struggles that these people can face so i don't really want to talk about this too long before without a guest that uh, better understands those issues than we do uh so i do want to talk about one thing before we go one last topic i think i don't want this to be too long of an episode uh, but I did want to, I tweeted about it on the official Twitter account, which you should, guys should go follow if you aren't already. Uh, but like the Electoral College's role in this, even though it's a 200 year old uh, kind of election process, but I do think a factor in allowing the Stop the Steal to grow as a, I guess, conspiracy was that this election, which was won by 7 million votes come down to a few tens of thousands of votes scattered in different states like uh minnesota was it minnesota it was pence oh wait which ones like turned Uh, nevada uh, georgia Yeah, nevada georgia pennsylvania wisconsin yeah wisconsin not minnesota minnesota is a stronghold at least a little bit arizona too was one of the ones those arizona was solved in like first week though those five states that came close gave an election that was just one outright. Like this is one of the, like this is a big margin of victory, uh, electoral college wise and popular vote wise. Like uh, we're looking like maybe like five percent, five to ten percent difference in vote voter numbers for each of them, which is statistically significant, I guess, if that's the right term, which it probably isn't. But to have this large uh, division between Trump and Biden, even though they both hold the spots for one and two of most votes in history, have it come down to such close margins in a few states is kind of problematic. I, I do think this could serve as a case to get rid of the Electoral College. I think the case for getting rid of the Electoral College just seems to make itself over and over again as time goes on, but I don't know if we'll ever act on it. Uh, I, we, I think we might. If it's going to happen, I think maybe 20 years. I give it, I'm give. i going to put 20 years on it. Hold me to account when I'm 39, if the Electoral College isn't gone, uh, sue me, I guess, for 50 bucks. No more. I probably won't have that much more money. <laughs> No, we're gonna have shit. Yeah, I'm a podcaster. I don't even. The economic crisis is gonna keep going on, and uh, yeah, I I, let's end this on a lighter note. Uh, My prediction for the future is that we all are podcasters, and we all subscribe to each other's Patreons, so that uh, we all mutual aid, but through podcasting. Yeah, you give me five dollars, I give you five dollars. We all get the money at the same time. That's that's definitely how economics works. Yeah, that reminds me of, like those uh, videos on TikTok about like I ha- you put in twenty bucks, I put in ten bucks, we both leave with thirty dollars. What? <laughs> Dude, I don't fucking know. It's it's some goofy shit. Oh uh, yeah, but, uh, 
what was it? It's technically a pyramid scheme, but they reshaped it as an oval. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, <laughs> the uh, the circle game where like you get eight people to give you a hundred dollars, and then like each of those eight people become their own circle where they get eight people to give them a hundred dollars, and like everyone gets eight hundred dollars. Uh, let me do my calculations on how long that takes to uh, become the total population of Earth. So I'll set my calculator. Let's let's end this episode on a fun note. So you have your one person in the middle. You can see that. Uh, and then I'll just take that out. But you have your eight. And then you times that by eight. So you have 64 by the third ring. You times that by eight again. Rings, yeah. By the fourth ring, you have 512 people included. By the eighth ring, you have two million people included. Let's see how long it takes to get to the world population. Do you think there's any of these that actually went that far? Because uh, like absolutely we have... not. I, I think it's within like maybe thirteen to fifteen. You would have to have the entire world population included to where uh, it would even be possible to keep going, or because. The, if you you guys are probably not familiar as we are because like someone that we're friends with was doing this <laughs> yeah so so the scheme is is like you're a guy in this in the middle of the circle and you get a bunch of people to get give you a hundred dollars and then they like create their own circle or some shit no or no, no, no. there's two that, levels to the circle there's you get four people and those four people each get two people each or something like that n- no so there's the person in the middle they can get as many people as they want maybe but then on the second level you can join in on the circle i guess i i don't know how it works it, it's so so weird maybe you get free advertisement to your circle because you're attached with everyone else i don't know here's what it is no you have the person in the middle and then there's two people on the next layer and then there's four people on the next layer and then there's eight people on the outside layer that all pay a hundred dollars to the person in the middle and then when, when those people on the outside pay $100 to the person in the middle, it splits off into two circles from the people in the second layer. That and makes all the absolutely people, no sense. All the people on the outside, on the furthest outside, so like the third ring, and then like the fourth ring is the one spending money. The third ring is the one. The third ring is the people that find the people to give them money to the center person. And then so they, the they do it. And the second tier make a profit. The third no, the person, center person makes the profit, and then the second person has to get the the second tier. I don't know, dude. It's it, look up circle game money on uh on Google. It'll fucking come up. It's such it's such a ridiculous thing, but like apparently it worked for one of the people we know. Yeah, once. The, the people, the person we know that did it was like on the second ring, so they made a profit. They made their eight hundred or a thousand dollars or how for whatever much it whatever was. it was. Do not participate in this. If if you can uh, just, just put your <laughs> yes, put yes, your hands yes. like this, and then just put it over the picture. If if you're listening on Spotify, I'm making a triangle with my hands. Uh, Cam, you're confirming you're in the Illuminati right now. Yeah, I I am in the Illuminati. <laughs> uh, Leftology is a George Soros <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
This, this is why we're not funny until the end of the episode. He, he, George Soros is the only one that listens to the, this entire episode. Please comment. See, see, no, I did dude, this in not. the fourth episode, but please comment below in the comments if you are George Soros or you agree with his plan on world domination. See, I think we, we weren't funny this whole time because I was like, honestly, dude, going into this podcast, I was like a really doomer about like where, where, where we're going from this because I don't see fascism going away. And that's my uh, doomer, big doomer take. I'm I'm really sorry that we can't be funny until the end of the episode, listeners. Uh, sorry we, that it's hard. we need sorry to, to develop personalities. <laughs> sorry to all one person listening to this part. <laughs> Look, we we get more than that. Okay, the five devices I watch this on to get more interactions with this YouTube video will have what all seen this clip. How, how do they make it to the end? They all do, because oh, all your I, I don't I don't pause them until the end. <laughs> Look, right, man, well, I'm trying to get my interactions. If YouTube watches this and it's like, oh, you're doing illegal activity, I'll I'll do my one second in jail. All right. Well, I think that's that's a that's it for today. That's it. Uh, we'll see you uh, two two weeks from now. Two to three weeks, maybe even four. Hopefully, go watch two all weeks of our from old now. content. Hopefully, two weeks from now. Uh, go watch the new uh, Mouthy Infidel and Socialism Done Left podcast. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Ev- is it evidence based leftism? yeah uh, i think fa- fact-based leftism i think like it's evidence-based leftism uh and i think they have a different part of the episode on each of their youtube accounts which is linked in the last two episodes yeah i'm excited to go listen to that because i haven't gotten the chance to yet i haven't either i'll listen to it later uh it's on both of their channels because there's not a channel for that yet yeah uh, but everybody have a good week uh try not to focus too much on if democracy goes away or not yeah don't do post like i have uh, thank you for listening uh, leave a subscriber or leave a subscribe leave a like uh, <laughs> leave a subscribe <laughs> yeah, leave, um, thank you for watching I, I really don't know how to end episodes I'm really bad at this uh, have a good week <laughs>